Excellent. An ale for me. And for my officers. In fact, ales for everyone. Turn backward. With Rick and Rick and Will and Zemma. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to another episode of Ten Backwards, a Star Trek podcast recorded here in merry old England. I'm Rick Palmer and as ever I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts Gemma Turland. Hello. Will Turland. Hello. And Rick Everson. Hello. And in this episode we're going to be talking about the latest Star Trek series is also an animated series, Star Trek Lower Decks. Yeah, yeah, and we're at this at the point of recording. We um, we've seen three episodes so far, mm-hmm. so I guess we we kind of feel like we've 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 got a handle on it now. Yeah, like I th- it feels like you're at the point in the se- with a pilot episode. I think it's a bit hard to to judge um, what a series is like. I think you need to get a few episodes in before you really get a feel for it. Um, hmm. that, and yeah. that, Three episodes is kind of start. You can start seeing a bit more of the shape of it as a whole, can't you? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's, oh, there's obviously seven episodes where it could go completely off on a tangent, but I think we've got the general idea of the tone and the the humour and the characters at this point. Yeah, yeah. So, when it, what do you guys? What do you guys make of it so far? Um. I, so so far, I'm I'm enjoying it. I think tonally, it might not be quite what I was expecting, but that's those are my own expectations. So, um, my main my, my main take from episode one was that everyone seemed to speak really fast. I think maybe that's just because I'm getting older and people are speaking too fast these days. <laughs> I, I did think when we when we all talked on WhatsApp about the first episode, you guys were all like, oh, they're talking so fast. It's like, flipping it, granddad. No, no, kids no, talk fast. That's it. I mean, that's a, that's a fair point, Rick, I think. But, but they did talk. I, mean, I, I felt like there was a lot of rapid conversation. And part of me thought, well, maybe they're just trying to get... 45 minutes worth of, of plot into 28 minutes and they have to and they're getting directed that way saying, talk faster you talk faster people we've got to get it in no no we can use this thing for all sorts of cool stuff hey grab the pod we can figure it out later he's a sentient creature are, are we even allowed to stuff him in something oh, he's a bad guy he zaps people um, and that's that's part of being a, a pilot of course because not only do they have to tell the story they have to introduce the whole world they have to introduce the characters and i didn't yeah I don't know whether I'd become attuned, accustomed to it, but it didn't. These two previous two episodes didn't seem to bother me in that respect. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I would agree there, Gemma. I, the episodes two and three, I didn't notice that at all. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I rewatched the first episode um, and, and the other two for this for this discussion. I kind of felt that it wasn't as noticeable, the rapid fire thing. So I don't know whether it's kind of now we're three episodes in, we've kind of sunk into that style and it's not an issue. Because mm. I don't think, I don't, I didn't, as you say, I didn't feel it for the next two episodes, but and I didn't really feel it for the first episode on rewatch. So yeah, maybe we've just sort of, maybe we've all just sped up slightly. 
<laughs> I did. I did think that the the one of the, the main characters, um, uh, Beckett Beckett Mariner, she like she was a little bit relentless in the first episode. Mm, I, I, yeah. I, I I found her a little bit exhausting, but I didn't feel that way in in episodes two and three. I I, I didn't think that, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, may, maybe that was my perception of how that character was in episode one. Or maybe they, like you said, Gemma, they just had to cram in all of the dialogue <laughs> super quick. <laughs> well, she I is, know. I mean, she is a completely, that that character has n- never existed before in the Star Trek world mm. that we've seen. So she's a, she's a character to get used to in the Star Trek universe, I think. It's yeah. a bit, bit jarring at first. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's sorry. It's just occurred to me. Um, obviously, at this point, Lower Decks has not got a solid international release. So, if you have not been watching Lower Decks, don't listen to this episode yet because it is going to be full of spoilers. That's a good point. Yeah. True. That's yeah. It. Also, yeah. bonjour <laughs> <laughs> and, and hola and um, good day. Can, yeah. <laughs> also, to be uh, fair, if you haven't watched Lower Decks at all probably shouldn't have started listening in the first place no and we have titled it but don't start listening to this episode don't go go away (laughs) yeah yeah well wait a minute no let's not title it lower decks let's (laughs) trick people into listening to it guys wow let's just title it simon the dragon and be done with it (laughs) (laughs) but uh, reverting back to the point um i think Gemma's absolutely right there's I think a lot of the characters you can relate to a particular type, like um, Brad Boimler may, may be in, so kind of has that new recruit, um, starry-eyed, in first early into space inexperienced, like, like, like a Harry Kim, mm. but not quite clever. Um, and I think there's a sort of element of that to Tendy as well, and we, could, we can relate Rutherford to particular dedicated engineers we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a mix of sort of Barclay and a Geordie kind of thing in, in a way. Yeah, um, yeah. He's, he's, he's not quite as socially well. Actually, to be fair, Geordie's not entirely socially uh, skilled, Com- competent, competent. Yeah, <laughs> no. but um, no, Mariner is uh, massively. We've never had a character anything like anything like Mariner at all. Mm. Um, so she's been, she's she's been quite fascinating. I kind of kind of feel that there's a lot of backstory with her still to be explored. They've touched upon the fact that she used to be of a higher rank and that she was demoted, and we've had the little reveal that the captain is in fact her mother, mm. and they've yeah. shunted her over to the Cerritos because because of the, whatever the event that caused her demotion, and her mum's not very happy about that. So it's kind of like, yeah. what's going on. Because she's she's clearly someone who's happy with her position now. She didn't enjoy being commander, but she also has a wealth of experience and knowledge um, that you would expect to see from much more seasoned and experienced Starfleet officers who would be of, of yeah. a much higher rank. She's she's got all the skill, competence, and intelligence of a of a regular main cast senior officer, mm. but something has happened. Uh, so it's kind of I, 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 I'm quite curious to see how that all pans out. Yeah, 
I think you get more of a sense of that in by the second episode, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you you definitely get the sense that she has skills and experience beyond what you would expect from a from a lower decks officer. And particularly with the whole thing with the Klingon guy. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was very much, we'd kind of see that story play out with the kind of thing like Cisco would have got, mm. got involved Dax. in. Yeah. Or, yeah. Dax. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, entirely. That was such yeah. a Dax type thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Because in, in, that, in that episode, uh, Mariner mentions knowing that guy from back in the day. And Boimler says, What do you mean? Back in the day, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. do you yeah. two know each other? Yeah, we did some off the books gray ops stuff back in the day. We're like the same age. Back in what day? So there are, yeah, you're right. There are there are clues to it, but I guess Marin is pretty reckless too. So it's not no surprise that that she is where she is. I think because because mm. yeah, Boy- is very by the book, and and ep- I think episode two might be my favorite one of the three we've watched so far because I think mm. it's a, it does a good job of juxtaposing two very different characters and how they're both sort of right in their mm. appro- in their approaches to how they are as officers which is good which i like yeah i'd, I'd agree I, I think i'd i think i really enjoyed episode two and that like yeah like you say that that kind of pairing i, I felt like those characters both came off really well in that episode mm. uh they were like they were like the original love yeah. couple one of them by the book. Yeah. But that, that's the joy of it, is they are two extreme versions. There's Boimler, who is entirely in regulations, and then, then obviously Mariner is much more on the experience and the street smarts yeah. kind of character. And so it, it, it's, it's a natural and a brilliant idea to pair them up like that and have them muddle through these situations. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that, that episode was pretty funny as well. I, mm-hmm. I thought it was jokes in that episode. Mm. I, I, actually, episode two, I, I also really loved the other story of Rutherford um, working his way through every other department on the ship. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Because that's, that's, as, as well as being amusing, it was a really nice sort of view of the idea of the thing that you can transfer around departments and what yeah. are the different roles that you can take on in these departments, changing your, your colour and um, your uniform colour and where where does that take you yeah also also characters sort of failing at things it's nice to see that in a star trek series because for the most part everyone's really competent in star trek or brilliant at at worst yeah yeah, they're usually competent and it and usually they're brilliant and I don't know. I mean, as much as I love Star Trek, it's hard to. It's hard. Sometimes it can be hard to imagine yourself on a Starfleet vessel when <laughs> everyone's yeah. so so brilliant. So, it is nice to see more kind of slightly. I wouldn't say flawed characters, but but characters making mistakes. It's it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. Yeah. I mean, we 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 tend to see the elite, don't we? We see the, the flagship crews, the really big, you know, the big. Uh, ships the postings that get all the best people so you kind of think there is a world out there of people who aren't these you know aren't like genius or um have all these incredible talents and have just sort of worked their asses off to get through starfleet academy and then what do they do you know like even in the 24th century you're going to have people who can't quite decide what they want to do with their lives what's their career so it's nice to sort of see that 
have these people flitting around trying stuff and trying to work out where they belong. Yeah, yeah. I think there. Right. I, I think it's kind of not. I think it's more more commonplace than might be imagined that people are like that in mm. general. Yeah, yeah. It's not, just not necessarily on on TV. Um, but yeah. like in real life, I think people are more like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you? Can you? Yeah. How do you pitch that show? <laughs> About people who yeah. aren't sure what they want to do. <laughs> yeah. Aren't they? If they if they don't yeah. know what they want to do and they keep trying new things, that's because they're they're um that's because they're flawed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of um uh what's his name's character in New Girl, oh. who in the, at least in the first few seasons he oh, was like Nick. Nick. Yeah. Oh yeah, Nick Miller. Nick yeah, Miller, yeah, yeah. That's it. He was like he was like Will's my role model. Hero. <laughs> Because I look, because there was a there was a great joke where you find out that he doesn't have a wallet. He just keeps his money <laughs> in a clear plastic bag because he's never bought himself a wallet. And I was like, this is the character we need on TV right now. <laughs> he's a good barman, though, isn't he? Like he's a great barman. So uh, that's where I became less interested. In it. I, I, I don't like to see people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I know exactly what you. I know exactly what you mean. It's. It's so it's so disheartening when you find a character on TV who's just like you, and then they improve themselves. Yeah, yeah, and then they succeed. Particularly, as I recall, Will, you had a bad experience when you tried bartending. Yes, I did. Yeah, I was really bad at it. No, you tended bar. I tended bar for one and a half shifts. <laughs> I was fired. <laughs> wow. Do you know the second shift? I was really late. Because I've been to see the Phantom Menace for like the third time. This is how bad at the cinema. This is how this is how many years ago we're going back. And I was really late, and I, I made up a lie about how my landlord had called oh, me, and I had to talk to him. And uh, yeah, obviously, I didn't want to tell the truth and say I was actually watching the Phantom Menace at the cinema, not even for the first time. Um, but crazily enough, I still got fired, even though I came up with a really good lie. <laughs> I don't know if maybe you'd stuck with the truth, you'd have been better off. You you might, it's, we'll never know. Ooh. We'll never know now. <laughs> no, I think I might know. Is this why you're at uni, Will? Yes, it was, yeah. Because yeah. was it, was your bar job at, at uh, do you remember um, at, at the Scream chain of pubs? Like, uh, yeah. I do, but it, no, it wasn't. It wasn't there. No. Oh, okay, cool. I was just wondering because I I had a brief job at a at a pub as well while I was at uni at a screen pub. So I was just wondering if it was a just one of those pubs. Anyway, uh, anyway. <laughs> but but going back to Star Trek, like it. Um, yeah, the, the whole idea of the of this show is that um, yeah, we're seeing characters who we don't usually see, and that's like, but the the. the it's kind of inspired by the episode of TNG, which is called Lower Decks, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah. Where we see, which is a great episode. I love that episode um, where we get to see some like, literally characters who work on the Lower Decks who haven't been entirely successful. Although they're, they're still on the flipping flagships. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's that sort of you, you've got on there, you're at the, the ensign level and you're sort of working your way up kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and uh, there's also um, that Voyager episode, Good Shepherd, where Janeway takes yes. some lower rank, and it's 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 just great to see that side of the crew, you know, 
we see the ones who aren't the, the senior officers that aren't in charge and are doing all the other bits of work yeah um, yeah and that's what's great about whenever barclay shows up in in tng yeah as well and you see a character who's not entirely successful but but he doing. is a genius well yeah so yeah he, yeah yeah that's it he's just really socially awkward yeah going back to the, uh, rutherford's kind of b story in um mm. episode two i really like the the kind of running gag that mm. we get where he will try something or you know he, he went to try his hand at security and actually turned out to be pretty good at security mm. but he's like he announces that he wants to do something else he's going to leave and and he's going to request a transfer and and every time he does that everyone is like hey good on you go for it yeah <laughs> uh, i'd like to request a transfer out of engineering consider your request granted oh man this is exciting i'm sure wherever you end up they'll be lucky to have you ah uh, thanks guys i'm gonna miss you i thought that, that was a really successful running gag yes because because each time i wasn't expecting that reaction when is actually when is the when is lower decks set what era is it um shortly after nemesis right okay cool yeah, because we, we get references to the um, uh, like stuff from the TNG slash Voyager slash DS9 era. Because mm. we there was a reference in, in episode two again. I think there was a reference to the Janeway, Janeway. protocol. I want to know mm. what the Janeway protocol is. Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, yeah. I like that the that they don't explain. <laughs> I think that was part of the joke that <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what that is, and. There was a nice little gag in the third episode, I think it is, we get a, a Miles O'Brien reference. Yes. Oh, that's excellent. Mm. That really... I really liked that. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to somebody even more important. Perhaps the most important person in Starfleet history, Chief Miles O'Brien. What's it's... the scene where the actual classroom scene, that's familiar to me. Is that taken... Um... So, in Enterprise, we meet Hoshi in a classroom, don't we? Mm, it kind yeah. of put me in mind of the of Firefly. I think there's a scene. Oh, thinking, yeah, or, or maybe in uh, like uh, Serenity, yeah, the in the movie. Um, yeah, that's it. Oh yeah, yeah. At the beginning. That's that's what I was thinking. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because of the sort of like holographic. Yeah, and they're all sat got. outside in the in the kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. But yeah, I think um, in terms of what I make of the series so far, I, I, I'm really enjoying it. Um, but the, the the kind of but my voice there is that the, the kind of reservations I had at the, at, before we before we started watching it, where I was I was kind of thinking, but how how is this going to fit in Star Trek canon? Like if the if the tone of this is kind of jokey and almost spoofy mm. like how is this going to feel like it's set in the star trek universe and that that's the element that I, i'm not quite at ease with yet like i'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it and, and, and like i think the humor works and like the characters and stuff it's just just some of the jokes are kind of um are a little bit too much sort of kind of tongue-in-cheek to, mm. to the point where you where you kind of think but 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 this is set in the in the Star Trek universe. So how is how is this working? 
you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. How can you prove the universe that you're you you're actually existing in? Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm more at ease with that than I was to begin with. So I'm just sort of I'm enjoying the show and I'm not bothering too much about where where it fits in. Yeah. I guess it's yeah. because it feels so other. For me that actually makes it more comfortable in a way. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um yeah, it it does feel like it's got its own identity. Mm. Definitely. And that you know, that's a good thing for for mm. a TV show. I I just don't know how how Star Trek y it feels. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. See I I felt very immersed in the Star Trek side of it quite early on, I feel they use a lot of the appropriate sound effects and references. The Elkars displays very much in terms of the TNG thing. Having episode titles getting in the old TNG font. Oh, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of, of elements in there I love that, that I'm able to sink into and sort of feel like it's quite in there. I, I, I appreciate exactly what you say, Will, that some of the self-referential stuff particularly, um, say, um, the habits of that we have with um, Mariner referencing known characters mm. to a huge extent. Mm. Like in the third episode when she's surrounded by aliens with spears, and she's well, surrounded by spears. What am I, Kirk? Is this the 2260s? And it's like... Who gets that reference? <laughs> yeah. yeah. People who've watched a lot of Star Trek, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but then I kind of like, do you know what? It's not going to, it's never going to matter because the whole point of this show is these are the, this is the ship that does the grunt work behind the scenes. This is the, and the, and these are the crew members who do the grunt work of the ship that does the grunt work kind of thing. These, the, we're never going to have a situation where they say something in this that's going to be so important. It contradicts canon on what comes up in Discovery or Picard in the next series. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's not going to contradict existing canon because you can tell from the detail and the references the writers are very much not... They're hugely knowledgeable. They, they're putting in these references. They're not going to break existing canon. Mm. And I don't think they're going to set anything up that's going to you know, be contradicted later. So in terms of where it fits in canon, I'm kind of content to enjoy it and not worry. Like, 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 whichever it does not bother me at this point. Yeah. As, as, as someone who's very much immersed in the minutiae and detail, I kind of, I'm able to just sort of say, you know what, I'm going to enjoy this for what it is, for this, this fun. I might not ever feel that a show where you see someone bounce off a force field and literally have their legs bent back at an impossible angle. <laughs> it's a cartoon, you know. It's those things. I can just kind of, eh, you know, I'm just enjoying it for this. So, yeah, I, I, yeah. I know what you mean. I, I feel like I, I'm somewhere in between. I because this show, it does some really great stuff. I, I mean, I really like the little details, uh, such as um, there's a certain level at which. Uh, the crew all just ha sleep together. They don't have their own quarters, and it's basically mm. one a deck of the ship is just divided into little um, bunks for everybody. Yeah. Which I think we sort of see. We saw maybe a little bit in Star Trek Six on the Excelsior. Um, mm. 
Mm. Um, and I thought that was a nice touch. And just the touch of like doing little jobs on the holodeck that we don't see um, normally. And, and that side of it, I think, is really good. I I think when it, going back to tone, I would say is that sometimes a, a character will just do things where you think, well, how did you ever get to the this point? Like, how did you ever get to the point of being in this position in Starfleet if you're acting this way? And I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think that it is. this is a show set within the Star Trek universe, and I suppose you've kind of come to expect a certain... You know, a certain standard is met. A certain, in, in terms of the people that end up on these ships, they've done a certain amount, and they, and that experience has has kind of conditioned them to behave in a certain way. So, I mean, I just think it's how you pitch irreverent behaviour on a Starfleet yeah. vessel. That's it. I mean, I I think you can do that. I I really I do like the show. I just I think sometimes it's just how you pitch that irreverence. Mm. I think the, the question is, though, that as, as has been stated, we only ever really see the elite. And if you're talking about where, you know, we, we usually see people who are who are experienced, well, where do they get that experience? So we've got yeah. to start somewhere. And I guess I guess the idea is that this is where people start and either either they rise or they or they just stay below decks on a on a second rate ship or, or get booted or, out or get booted out yeah but i guess at least they they've got to have passed all their starfleet exams right well yeah mm. yeah i suppose they've gone through the oh, do, do, does everyone go through the academy or is that just officers do if you're yeah. an officer yeah. Yeah. yeah so ensign uh, and then lieutenants, lieutenant commander, ca- uh, commander captain, they're, they're, they're all academy graduates. Um, so enlisted men like Chief O'Brien mm. and all the petty crewmen, they don't have to do the academy. I assume there's some a level of training available. Like uh, an you or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, the because um, it's kind of like, it's something that was only very kind of seemed to be gradually brought in across um, Star Trek because you'd look at Picard's Enterprise and you could believe that almost everyone on there was was a commissioned officer who'd been through the academy. Mm-hmm. You didn't see yeoman or chiefs or except for O'Brien, but even he seemed to carry a natural rank, albeit variable and inconsistent. It's only on DS Nine when we actually began to have this notion more than anything that um, there is enlisted crewmen and officers. And O'Brien sort of talked like that. He said, he said to his engineers, you know, it had an engineer called him Sir. And he says, don't call me Sir. I'm not an officer. I work for a living. I was jokes like that. Like I'd, I would agree with uh, with you, Rick, when you were talking about how, uh, like particularly all the, the sound effects and the, like the details and how the show looks, like the fonts and the... Elkhart stuff it's like it does that was the first thing that struck me in the pilot episode um in in that it, it feels like it's 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 trying to bring up some nostalgia for tng and that totally worked on me like like every time i recognize a tng sound effect i was like oh oh that's not i oh, listen to that door oh. yeah. <laughs> um and all that that stuff's 
great, you know, in that detail. Um, but it's it was things like you know the, in the the third episode, the kind of gag at the end, where they where it, we have a, like a scene in the far far future, and they there's a little throwaway gag about um, Chief O'Brien being mm. one of the most important people in Starfleet, and there's a little statue. <laughs> like, that's a that's a funny joke. But then afterwards, I was thinking, well, wait a minute, is that? But well, that's canon then. So <laughs> maybe. Yeah. So w- w- what's. Is that for real? But in, what, uh, in, in which universe is that canon? Mm. Yeah, I mean. Uh, O'Brien is damned important. Everyone would be well, dead several times over if not for him. That is true. That is true. That is true. I think but you can like... pick up a number of episodes and say, do you know what? O'Brien saved everyone's ass there. They would all be dead without him. And. Mm. Also, every time there was an O'Brien-focused episode, it was based on the O'Brien must suffer. So not only is he the guy who kept kept DS9 running, kept the transporters going on the Enterprise, he suffered. He 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 had more pain than anyone else to keep all that stuff going. So yeah, I, I think that's completely canon and completely fair and accurate. <laughs> okay, uh, okay, that's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go and go and listen to our O'Brien must suffer episode after this. For the, yeah, for more information on that concept. <laughs> yeah, okay. Maybe Con- potato casserole kind of helped feed the galaxy in a in a period when, for some reason, there was like a a plague or something. Maybe that's it. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, corned beef and eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I think you either kind of get hung up on uh, the fact that the, uh, the the kind of the humorous tone of it um, sets it aside from the rest of the Star Trek universe, or you just you know you weigh up how much you're actually enjoying the show and whether it, it bothers you. I, I I think that's kind of the right way to to deal with it. Yeah, I think I that's think- fair. I suppose in your, you know, if it really bothered you in your head canon, you could consider this a alternate universe where everyone is a bit sillier. Um, yeah. Everything is the same except, um, yeah, everyone can be a bit sillier. And, may- and maybe you could reconcile it that way, I suppose. I mean, I, th- I think that's an attitude people could take for any series or any combination of series they, they prefer. People don't like... Um, Discovery, for instance. Well, you know, mm-hmm. rather than ranting on that it's ruined all Star Trek forever, just strike it from your head cannon. You know, I yeah. think a lot of people did that with the original animated series. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm still a little bit on the fence about episodes where they meet the devil and learn to practice magic. Whether they really count in canon, it's difficult for me to sort of say. <laughs> I think it's canon that the Enterprise carries a, a, a literal inflatable Enterprise. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why anyone would think that is not canon. Uh, the problem is, you, you get into that, and then you have to discount an episode like Yesteryear, which is which is actually a really beautiful and well done episode. So yeah, yeah. it's kind of tricky because you you, you you can rationalise lower decks out of canon if it makes you feel better but if they then produce an episode you'll think i don't want to say that isn't canon because that's fucking amazing that's a that's a good point you make actually because i would say that the original animated series is more in keeping with the tone of star trek but 
is is pretty bonkers at times. So <laughs> completely, yeah. Um, but yeah, but I, I guess I guess the 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 first animated series it did have the voice cast of the original series. So it's not like it's not like we're yeah. getting uh, an established cast to revoice themselves in an animated version of of a live action show. Mm. But I, I, but yeah, that's a good point actually about about um, tone and stuff, or it's related to the tone. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I love the Magic of Magus too. I think that's a great episode. It's so much fun, you know. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's a TV show. You know, if you you if you need to rationalise it all into one continual story arc, that's fine. Knock yourself out, but. Ultimately, if I can put an episode on and just have a really enjoyable 25, 45 minutes watching that, then that's kind of my key issue. That's my main yeah. concern there. And I think yeah. we've said before, like, a, a, a new show deserves a bit of time to be fully appreciated. Like, oh, if it's... absolutely. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. I suppose my, my worry with the show is that um, the, the, the kind of... The kind of jokes and the humor that that we're getting from it, it does feel like some of these ideas have kind of been done before and, and maybe more successfully in like for example galaxy quest um did a great job of of, of kind of making fun of star trek but whilst kind of still telling a compelling story and then you've also got a comparison that you can make with the orville mm. as well which like, which is a, which is a bit more difficult because I suppose you could say, I don't know, like the Orville in a way wants to have its cake and eat it. Like yeah. it wants to be a, a show that has jokes and makes fun of Star Trek, but it also wants you to take it seriously. It wants to be Star Trek. It, yeah, wants, it wants to, to be, be Star, Star Trek. Trek. Yeah. Mm. And whereas this is Star Trek, but but I don't know. Has this has this kind of humour that we've seen kind of been done? I don't know. Is 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 this kind of a, a, a really unique take? Mm, actually, I don't know. I don't think it is unique. And I think for me, that's that is the main problem with it. They they are doing something that shows have been doing for years. Shows and films have been doing for years, mm. and doing a spoof of Star Trek. What I might find interesting is speaking of the Orville. Mm. That started to get well, you know slightly more serious uh, in later seasons and i yeah. wonder if that might happen with this as well when they start running out of jokes um mm. uh, yeah start going down some more serious yeah. lines or maybe kind of have more the comedy kind of carrying coming from the characters mm. maybe more than the, the situations and then and then, yeah, that leading to you know be, being able to have more sort of serious stories. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's it because we are only three episodes in. Mm. So, yeah, mm. yeah. But, I, I think that's, I think that's a good point. And also, I mean, these characters are going to develop and evolve, aren't they, over time? So, yeah. you would yeah. you'd, you would imagine that the writers will be aware of that, and and yeah, I I, I think. A comparison to the Orville is is a fair one because in season one, a lot of the time, 
the humour would take you out of the drama of the episode. So mm. you would there would be something happening which is you know quite dramatic, and then there'd be like a goofy joke, and you'd mm. feel removed from the seriousness of the story they were trying to tell. But in season two of that show, that seemed they seemed like they got that balance between the humour and the drama. They they'd worked that out a lot better, I think, and yeah, and it still had its jokes, but they were. Like you were saying, they're more character based and not, not from the story. So, yeah, like the, I think the jokes took you out of the story less. Yeah, yeah, I would say like, you know, you'd you'd be enjoying an episode and then they'd they'd make a joke about friends. You'd be like, oh, that's a funny joke. Well, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Why would they be making a reference to like a nineties TV show? hundreds of years in the I future. Know. Right? When in Star Trek would they ever make reference to something in the in the They allowed to because yeah. it was because <laughs> they had to pay for the rights to use that reference. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> Saying that though, I really enjoyed the, the, the monkeys reference in the first episode. <laughs> I don't remember that reference. Hmm. It's um Rutherford on his date when they start crossing the hole in um in the Space suits. They start. Oh, so what sort of music do you like? Says, well, I'm really into this old Earth band called the Monkeys. I don't. Know, you probably haven't heard of them. Because, well, let's just say I'm a believer. And I thought that was just so incongruous to the moment, but they were trying to have this date still. That I just really enjoyed that. Um, oh, yeah. And also, yeah, ultimately, remember. the reason that he's not going to go on another date is because she was not bothered about that door malfunction. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, I liked that. I like that. I, do you know, I, I really like uh, Rutherford as a character. I think we haven't Ooh. had a lot of screen time with him yet, but what we've had of him is like being some of the strongest stuff. Uh, I guess in a way, uh, he's Dex. yeah, he's the he's the most normal. He's he's like mm. you know, um, I can't remember his name now. Um, a Boimler. Boimler. I I always want to call him something else, but I can't remember what. Boimler is is you know he's a, he's an extreme and so is is uh, yeah. Mariner, but the Rutherford is 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 a guy. Yeah, okay. So he has he has a massive has boner some... for um, um, engineering. Yeah, and, and, he, and, he, and he has a, a Vulcan um, implant in his brain, but but apart from that, he's 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 just a guy. Yeah, yeah. So he's I don't know the most accessible. Tendy as well. Tendy, we haven't seen much yeah. of so far. Yeah. I, I like, I like her. I think she's a, a good character. She is a good character. She's, she, yeah, she's a little bit more of an archetype, I would say. Mm. But, but maybe that's just because we haven't had well, exactly. that much time with it yet. Yeah. I feel like she's maybe a blank slate in a way, and over time, we'll sort of, that will develop. Yeah. Boimler, and this has just occurred to me, makes me think of Mr. Britus from uh, the British Empire. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, in, if he had a genuine command position, oh my God, he would be, wouldn't he? Now, what's wrong here? Because you're just feeling a bit down, aren't you, Carol? Yes. No, no, think again. What? Coffee cup. Cups leave little stains. We don't want little stains spoiling our brand new centre, do we now? I'm sure she'll be careful. I've no doubt she will. That's not the point I was making, though. We have to have rules, don't we? Um, if, or, if we have any... or, or Rimmer, Rimmer as well. Yeah. Yes, he is. A... Yeah, yeah. If we if we have any American listeners, actually, um, the British Empire was it was a 
a, a 90s UK uh, sitcom, <laughs> which I remember very fondly. I didn't think mm. it was wildly successful. I enjoyed it. It went on for several series. I think it had reasonable yeah. success. But um, yeah. the actor who plays Rimmer um, um, of Red Dwarf basically plays Rimmer again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But He's like a really anally retentive. Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, as opposed to a, yeah, a dead human. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a hologram. Yeah. To be fair, if the American listeners have stuck through, stuck with us through all the Allo references. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I um, yeah, I, I, I like all the characters. I, I want to get to. T I mean, I think so far it feels like it's the Boimler slash Mariner show. Yeah, and and that's okay. I, I, I enjoy those characters, but I think I'd like to see more of the other characters. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm sure we will in future episodes. Yeah, I like. There's no romance between those characters. Absolutely, fundamentally, no romance there. Yeah, I like, that. I like that. Do you think that will change? No. Okay. Because there was growing, there, there's something growing on between, growing between. Um, oh, Rutherford and, and um, uh, this, yeah, number one. Tendy. Ten, no. Oh yeah, Rutherford and Tendy. Oh yeah. yeah, they were from the first episode, weren't they? Yeah. Are you thinking so, Mariner and Ransom? Yeah. Yes. Oh yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, she was pretty into. Uh, I, I like. I liked Ransom actually. Um, I thought he was a funny character. He's, he's yeah, he's growing character. He he was a, he was a little bit like um, oh, what's his name? You know, the character from Futurama who was Zach like, Brannigan. Yeah, 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 he's a little bit of a Zach Brannigan. Yeah. Who who of course is like a riff on Kirk. <laughs> so and mm. so meta. <laughs> Except that he, he, I don't know, he's, he's, he has best interests at heart, doesn't he? I mean, he's yeah. not, he's not completely, um. Yeah, Zach Browning is like entirely self-centered yes. and would sacrifice his crew to yes. make himself look good. He would. That is, yeah. I think yeah. he references doing that in an episode, doesn't he, of Futurama? Like, he's yeah. a, like he, there's a there's a, a war that he won, and he won it by sending waves and waves of his own men. <laughs> and when they were fighting, oh, it was like a war with the uh, killbots, I think. Oh. And he said, like the yeah. killbots, each killbot had a setting at which it would stop working after yeah, it killed so many people. Kill limit. Yeah. So he just sent waves and waves of his own men at them <laughs> <laughs> until they until they until they reached that limit and stopped working. <laughs> Whereas obviously Ransom will <laughs> fight for himself. Um, yeah, I did, I did appreciate actually in in his big fight in episode three, the amount of two-handed punches. Yes, that was that was that was brilliant. I, I did love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what I really like? I really like the um, the opening credits. <laughs> the credits look beautiful. Mm. It's loads of really nice shots of uh, ships flying through stuff, like like um, a like a good opening yeah. um, Star Trek opening sequence. Again, it's slightly wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like crashing into stuff <laughs> or getting sucked towards the black. I can't get enough of that that joke where they see the Romulan and the Borg battle. It gets, <laughs> they get hit one with one shot and they just, just turn back away. And off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's really yeah. That's great. That's. <laughs> 
Yeah. But I think it very effectively sells what the show is, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 One thing I really, really, really love about it is that our ki- kids will happily sit and watch it with us. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So they sat through episodes two and three with this, um, which is good because our five year old son learned the word bullshit. <laughs> yeah. He already knew, <laughs> he knew it. He invented that word. <laughs> um, which, yeah, which does bring me to another point that it is, it does have a, a bit of fruity language and um, some violence in it hmm. at times. And I I don't know whether it's appropriate for children. Um, and if it isn't, I guess we're bad parents. <laughs> but we had an argument over whether piss was a swear word earlier on. <laughs> it bloody is. <laughs> it's not a swear word. No. Uh, I, I've always thought of it as a swear word. I, mean, I, got, not, I got severely bollocked for saying it. It's not, a, it's not a word you should just drop into common parlance, but I don't no. think it's like... Just because well, it's... Yeah. Just because it's inappropriate doesn't necessarily mean it's a swear word. I yeah. Think. I mean, if you said you're going for a piss, that just... It's a bit uncouth. Yeah. yeah. If you told someone to piss off, I mean, that's not a swear. That's like an insult. Yeah, so I think very, piss exists yeah. in like a hinterland of words. No. I you don't get it. it. I don't think they, you know, I don't think they said it in Biker Grove. <laughs> or Blue, Blue could be, I don't know if you could understand the people in Biker Grove. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, it's, it's shit a swear word. Yes. It's, it's a swear word. Is it? Yeah. yeah. But, well, I mean, but, but, but what, what, in what context do you swear using the word shit? Uh, any, if you, any, any time that you say it, that really, yeah. it's any time you say word. Yeah, but 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 every time that I when when me and Will used to work together, he'd loudly say, "I'm going for a shit." <laughs> that, he, that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't a swear, was it? Yeah, totally. It was a swear. <laughs> he didn't. Do, he didn't do that. I'm sorry. I was just. If something yeah. goes wrong and I go, "Oh, sugar," it's because my kids are in the room and I actually want to say shit. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that is a swear, I suppose. But if you <laughs> said to your kids, "I'm going for a shit." <laughs> is that a swear? Yeah, yeah, it is. I'd say I'm, yeah. I'm off to poop. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, fair enough. So maybe piss isn't a swear, but shit is. <laughs> is that the dividing line of where we are? I, th- I think the qualifier is would they say it on Blue Peter? <laughs> would they open an episode of Blue Peter and go, piss off? <laughs> And the answer is no, they wouldn't. I <laughs> Definitely I, I is. Think... Uh, I... <laughs> it's not a brilliant quote. Because really, no. it is unlikely that they would open a show with an insult. Well, <laughs> is, would the Queen say it? She definitely She would. definitely would, yeah. Yeah. In privacy, yeah. Like a navvy. My um my grandma uh, has a, 
had a kind of a posh voice like the Queen, but she used to swear like that. So I'd always, I'd found it brilliant going around to her house because it was like hanging around with the Queen, like a really sweary Queen. <laughs> <laughs> what did she used to swear? What what swear words did she used to say? She'd say, she'd say the S word, oh. the P word. Oh. Wouldn't like. Piss. It's not a swear. <laughs> that is a swear. It is a swear. Why did your grandma say shitting piss hole? No, how would you say piss? piss? How would your grandma say piss? Like this, piss. <laughs> the queen would say it. Piss? Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember any time when she actually used it in a sentence, so it's hard to... How... She didn't drop like Did she tell you to piss up on a regular basis? She probably yes, did. Did she say, kiss my arsehole? <laughs> That's good, Grandma. <laughs> I thought you were dead. <laughs> what are you doing at Rick's house? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Joking aside, I actually don't remember her saying that. <laughs> yeah, she is. Um, the one I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, both your grandmas are tough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 But only one's worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going back to Star Trek Lower Decks. I guess the point we're making was well, it's like, a um is is similarly adult show um mm. but it's um yeah like it has a bit of violence and swearing in mm. <laughs> but we still let our kids watch <laughs> which uh, you know so it's not like an animated show that is aimed at kids i think it's yeah like it's, it's made that clear that it's a it's it's like an adult animated show it is but it uh... But not like. I mean, it's not Rick and Morty, is it? No, no. Or so, Family Guy. Family or, Guy or, yeah. yeah. That's it. I, I, I do think it's. I think it's on the edge appropriate. Young, young adults. Yeah. Maybe. Older not, children. Not five and seven. Not five and seven year olds. No. <laughs> but no, the well, the swearing is the swearing is. It's not heavy. It's not constant. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like PG. Two really, words it? in one episode, and it's PG. Yeah. And the, and the version we watch is is bleaked out. Mm. Yeah. And the violence is, it's it's utter cartoon violence. It's you would yeah. see that in any cartoon, really. Yeah. yeah okay. You would. Yeah. No, I think that's Just you do you get a bit of blood. You don't always get blood in cartoons. But it's but again it's PG. It's not yeah. like um, I don't know. Maybe it's good that they see blood. They see injury and blood. Maybe that's more appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> do you know my mum had a real problem with the A team? Mine um, did too. Because when people got shot, they didn't get killed. Yeah, my mum used to sit next to me saying, "In real life, that person would be dead. That <laughs> they would be dead." <laughs> so, dead. So that their problem with the A team that it didn't show gruesome, bloody, painful death. <laughs> Crikey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose your mum's just wanted you to be prepared. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess, you know, my mum wanted me to know what the consequences of 
like someone being shot with a machine gun <laughs> really would be <laughs> like graphically and <laughs> she went through anatomically yeah yeah <laughs> i like the idea of your mum just sitting with you ruining every episode <laughs> going, he'd be dead he'd be dead that would have killed him <laughs> this is rubbish i like to think that Gemma's mum would have a, like a review session at the end of each episode rather than spoiling the episode like, wait, a... wait for the episode to end and then review yeah. it. Right. Do you remember in frame 26? <laughs> that bearded guy, dead. Dead. <laughs> Decapitated. Yeah. Yeah. Paraplegic. Dead. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Before we go, like, way off topic, does, any, does anyone else have, does anyone have any more thoughts about um, Lower Decks? Just that I'm really enjoying it. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. I I, I like it a lot. Um, you know, it's a, it's another good addition to to Star Trek. Uh, you know, we're only three episodes in, so I'm I'm excited to see what happens next. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think there are there are a lot of people out there in the world of social media who are absolutely loving the show. Yeah, and I don't I feel like I'm at that level of liking it but i don't feel like i'm at the other side either i don't you know i don't dislike it and i don't um um i you know it hasn't annoyed me uh by existing or anything like that like i yeah i'm enjoying it and and um, i want to see more of it um yeah yeah it's a a nice little addition but it's not kind of groundbreaking new show yeah but it, it but, but it could but it could be it could you be. know we're in like, it has the space to be yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah cool should we should we wrap it up there yeah that's amazing this this is our this will be wow. our first episode that we brought in at under an hour for um for time. Time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool well, um, thanks for listening, everyone. And um, I'm sure we'll do, once we've had a few more episodes of Blower Decks, we might do another one of these these mm-hmm. episodes where we do a bit of a, um, uh, where we have a look back and see what we think of what we've seen so far. And we'll yeah. be back for uh, regular um, other podcast episodes Stuff anyway. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much, everyone. And uh, see you again soon. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Do you realize how incredible this is? It's tradition. You ever noticed her bum? What? Her bum. Oh no! I will say. I will say. Fewer things. Fewer things. Okay. Enough of this self-indulgence. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, our website is www.lowerdecksradio.co.uk. You can reach us on the Twitters at at 10 backward, 10 being the number and backward being the word backward. We're also on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash 10 backward podcast. You can also email us at crew at lowerdexradio.co.uk. On a personal individual level, my Twitter is at Will Turland. Rick Everson's Twitter is at TrekFanRick. And Rick Palmer's Twitter is at Mr. Imhotep.
Hi, thank you again for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, you might consider supporting us. We have now have a Patreon uh, where people can uh, pledge small amounts to fund uh, ongoing projects like uh, keeping our website up to date, uh, um, new audio equipment as we're going along, and potentially uh, opportunities to expand our content. Uh, you can go look at this at patreon.com forward slash lower decks radio. Uh, if you don't feel you can donate but would still like to support us, we would love it if you could subscribe to us or however get your podcasts through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or we're on various third-party apps. And if you could leave us a review on any of those, that would be fantastic and would be very appreciative. Thanks again for listening, and please tune in for more podcasts from the 10 Backward Crew. Let's make sure that history never forgets the name. 10 Backward? Laddie, don't you think you should rephrase that ten backward ten backward Ooh, nice dress uniform you getting married after this no i wish you would take this seriously i am oh this is the new shuttle with the blast shield yes the blast shield is the blast shield it comes down and it goes up the shield